Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and as always, I am joined by Will Murden. How is it going tonight, Will? It's going alright, dude. It's going alright. How are you over there? I'm good. I mean, that grind is on. We're at week seven preview. I can just feel the air coming out of things a little bit. We've had... You know, back-to-back weeks, I say back-to-back weeks, we've had six weeks almost of some crazy upsets, some big games, and this week just feels flat, and we are kind of in and around. Yeah, I, you're right. One ranked matchup this week. Uh, not nearly as much to get excited about as what we have had. It has been... It's been a ride to get here, so we kind of almost need the breather, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe. This, I, I, I don't agree with that statement, but yeah. This I mean, is the glass of water on your big season out. Like, you can't, you've had a few, you, you've got that buzz on, and now you're like, you know what? I don't want to be a complete fucking shit wreck tomorrow. I'm going to have a glass of water here, and that's what this week is. Yeah, okay. And that's, hey, that's more than fair enough. It's I, responsible. I don't disagree. I it's not something you and I really buy into. It is not, as I'm drinking my fourth beer for this evening. <laughs> but it is responsible. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so if this is like a responsible weekend of football, there's probably an opportunity to... I know you're still going to catch some football. There's probably an opportunity to maybe spend some time in some other activities at some point, whether that's with the kids or with the gardening or you know, maybe just, I don't know, catching up with family. Is that something you do? I don't know. Yeah, I've got the whole weekend booked. I've got dump run and concreting around the place. I'm getting a load of sand. Like, i got all this shit happening that I am not at all interested in. Yeah, well, mate, get those brownie points up. The other thing I will add is I ate a, uh, a meal. I had a bit of a salad tonight for dinner. I know you're going to come at me with that. But I had a salad for dinner, lots of onion in it. And if this microphone could possibly send... Uh, smell receptors through to you, you would be wearing like, you know when you get, you're out at two o'clock in the morning and you get that double whopper with those big chunky onion rings in it and then you're just like breathing on whoever's in the cab next to you. That would be what I would, that's where I'm at right now. I'm so, more of a KFC box operator on the way You home. are. There's you, always this like... You know this. Bones scattered around the lounge room and little greasy piles. Yeah. Go home, Such put a- on some uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia and enjoy my... <laughs> oh, mate, those are the days. I do remember that like... Mul- I was going to say that time was like multiple times. You would get your little KFC box, you'd get it all the way home and then just fall asleep and it just wouldn't get eaten. And the next day you would hack into some stone cold chips and some potato and gravy, get a little bit of that, uh, you know, couple of wings or something in you. I'm like, dude, you, you got to get that down the night before while it's still warm. No, you just, and it hasn't, like that still happens to this day. <laughs> I, I don't have to go back too far to have a night where that has occurred. That is horrifying. All right, we do have some actual football to get to at some point tonight, so let's do that. We've got some news. We've got uh, previews to get through, bold prediction, championship draft, all the normal stuff. So let's get into it and see what the headlines are talking about at the moment. (laughs) 
Okay, we've got a few injury issues at the moment. Tommy DeVito at Syracuse is out for the year after sustaining an injury on the weekend. Caleb Chapman, the wide receiver at Texas A&M, you probably saw him make a massive catch late in the game there against Florida, flexing that leg. He is out. Robeson and McDaniel, the two key skill position guys at SMU, are done for the year. Skylar Thompson, the quarterback at K-State, is done for the year, which puts a massive, massive dent in their national championship run. And also Andre Sisko, the uh, what will be the, probably the number one safety off the board outside of maybe Isaiah Ford at um, Pitt, is also decided to opt out. So he's done for the year as well. Anything that, I mean, what's the, the biggest one? There's probably Skylar Thompson at K-State. Yes. Does he sir. really shock the Big 12 in terms of like their potential to move forward? I think that's a massive uh, a massive out for K-State, and they are a team that is in the thick of the Big 12 race, so they're now going to have to lean on, was it Will Howard, the quarterback, freshman quarterback at K-State, who was good without being special or, or anything impressive in his opener, so the fact that Skylar Thompson is done for the year certainly kind of knocks K-State back, and I think really keeps them out of the race. Like, I can't see how they can make a deep run without him. Uh, and then you, like, it's disappointing to see some of these injuries starting to pile up and the guys dropping out now. Um, and as a result, I really hope we don't see more people opting out on the season when they don't think they're in the running anymore. When the team's kind of no longer looking like it's going to compete for the championship that they just pull plug. I don't want to see that. I want to see these guys see it out. So fingers crossed it's not the start of something. Yeah, I think it is the start of something, not necessarily this year, but moving into the future. I think you're going to see opt-outs more and more into 2021, 2022. As soon as their team is out of the running for serious competitiveness, I think you're going to see players bail over and over and over again. The last thing we do have news on is Florida have hit some COVID hurdles, speed bumps, however you want to phrase it. But they and their game against LSU appear to be in doubt this week. I we don't have any confirmation on that at this stage, but it does appear like that game possibly won't go ahead. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it did at this stage. So we still don't know, but I can't get a betting market on it. So that uh, is... Well, we can't even get numbers. Like there's everything from like five to 19 particular individuals around the football program that have kind of been thrown out there with COVID-related illnesses or, or I guess contracting that issue. Uh, I mean, this was going to be a strange game anyway, probably the least inspiring Florida LSU game in, in, a, in a few years. And not only that, if you told me this time last year that Florida LSU next year would be irrelevant, I'm not saying it's irrelevant, that's probably a bit harsh on Florida, but it's going to be a, a very different look than I'd be, you know, I'd be calling you on that. So uh, Florida and LSU appear to be in the tank this week. Yeah, well, when we saw the schedule come out uh, for the SEC, you had Alabama, Georgia, and Florida LSU, and you're thinking, fuck, there is a pair of whopping matchups, and, and that is awesome. And now we get to it, and one of those is good. Yeah, I mean, I like how you used Whopper again, and we've just got like a Hungry Jacks-themed... I'm pushing uh, for a sponsorship. ...episode here. Yeah, I mean... Probably not helping we... myself with the KFC chat then. Yeah, I know, that's... I think I need to go back to my marketing course and, and understand done, how that all done works. You no done you no favours there. All right, let's get to some fair dinkum calls. 
I've got a couple for you this week, Will. I don't know. You had something for me. I can't remember what it is anymore. Uh, but I'm going to kick things off because I think we've got three between us. And my first one for you is that LSU are the worst team in the SEC West. Now, I mean, that is obviously based on not only their play, which has to underpin a lot of this, but the fact that the only team that potentially at this stage looks worse than them is Mississippi State. And they got beaten by them earlier in the year. If you are suggesting that they are better than Arkansas, fantastic. But then you're probably also suggesting as a result that they're possibly better than Auburn, who beat them by two points on the weekend. Uh, And Auburn are still, what, the number 15 ranked team in the country. So where does LSU sit on this scale? And are they the worst team in the SEC West? I mean, yes, I agree. They're certainly a disappointing unit this year, especially compared to where they were last year. But they're not the worst team in the SEC West. Like, it's certainly not the case. So, for mine, they are much better than Arkansas. Yes, we saw the results there, but Arkansas did have a couple of weeks to prep for this Mississippi State side. And and the team that's been running out and hasn't been able to score... It is very different to what shocked LSU with that week one. There was, there was nothing on tape for them to work for there. So, like, it's hard to argue against results that you've seen on the field. And I won't argue that LSU are better than Mississippi State because they lost that one. But if you put LSU and Arkansas together on the field, which I'm sure we're going to see at some point, then I'm certain that we would not have... Um, well, the LSU would come out on top. Like, it's just happening. Okay. I'm going to set the over-under at two and a half here for the remaining games. These are them. At Florida, which we'll say that gets picked up somewhere. There is a bye week. There's two bye weeks that that could get picked up. So, we'll, we'll hypothetically say that game still goes ahead. So, at Florida, they then host South Carolina. They go to Auburn. They host Alabama. Well, they get a bye week. Then they host Alabama, go to Arkansas, and then go to Kyle Field. So they've got Arkansas sandwiched between Alabama and Texas A&M. And then they finish their season with Ole Miss, who may be becoming one of the hotter teams in the SEC. I'm sitting that at two and a half. Are you taking the over or the under? Yes, I'm taking the over. I'll bat them in to beat Mississippi, Auburn, and Arkansas. Oh, okay. So they're going to go to Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn and win that game? I believe so, yes. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, but that is a real fall from grace from a team that won the national championship and they are going to win four games this year. So. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Um, all right, my turn. I'm going to throw one at you. I believe that a team outside the top 10 at the moment, as it stands, is going to win the pl- make the playoff. Win the playoff? No, not win it, because I think there's only a couple of teams that can do that, but I believe that they will make the playoff. And normally we get to week seven, and I think there's some stat that says you essentially have no shot of uh, getting into the playoff if you're ranked outside the top ten at this stand. But with the craziness that we've seen this season, I think that there is a very good chance that one of the contenders outside of the ten can slide into the top four. Okay, so I can take this from two angles. I either say that someone in the top 10 at this stage needs to fall out and become drastically irrelevant. So at this stage, you've got Clemson 1, Alabama 2, Georgia 3, Notre Dame 4. 
Then you've got North Carolina, Ohio State, who haven't yet won a game, Oklahoma State. I think that's where the top four are going to come from. It's fair to say that Clemson, Alabama, Georgia are probably locked in. The Georgia-Alabama game this week, we've seen this in the past, the Georgia-Alabama game is not going to drop them out of the playoff contention. It might drop them out of the top four, but it's not going to drop them out of contention. On top so of that... Can I jump in there, though? What happens, we see Alabama win this one at home, and then yep. they play off again in the SEC championship game, which is very likely, and then Alabama yep. win that one again. There's no yep. way that Georgia get in with two True. That that would be the that would be the only case. Yeah, I think if Georgia take two hits for sure, they've had, mate, they've had two. But does that at it. does that not seem like the most likely case in the SEC at the moment? Possibly, possibly. But then you have got Ohio State to fill one of those. So you you then say Clemson and Alabama will both go in. You're probably looking at Ohio State or someone from the Big Ten. Uh, and then you've got the Big Twelve champion as well, or another ACC team. So. On the flip side of that, let's look at teams outside of the top 10. Texas A&M. Well, Texas A&M have already been creamed by Alabama. So if we're going with your theoretical that Alabama are in, then A&M are definitely out. Oregon, an interesting one uh, because they're only going to get six games. I don't think six games is going to be enough to be considered a viable option for the playoff, especially when you're competing against... You know, a one-loss Georgia maybe, or a or a or one or two-loss other Big Twelve champion, for example. Like, are you going to take a, a six-win Oregon? I don't think so. So I guess it's six and the championship game. Cool. Uh, the Pac-12 is still not considered a particular powerhouse. They're coming from further back than everyone else is. That has been the way for the Pac-12 for a long time. And on top of that, they're going to play less games than everyone. So if they're like, they are. You know, you know, you see those people at like the stall gift and they're coming from miles behind. They're actually good. The Pac-12 are coming from miles behind and then actually not. So it's going to be really tough. You've then got Miami. They've been creamed by Clemson. The only way they get it in is if they run the table and then beat Clemson. That's not going to happen. BYU, not going to happen. Auburn are fatally flawed. Wisconsin, we don't know, but probably flawed. SMU, doubtful as a group of five Tennessee might be the only other interesting one but they've just been creamed by Georgia and in your circumstance hypothetical Georgia have lost twice to Alabama so they're out Michigan I think the only way that you get someone is if Iowa State or Kansas State and I doubt that it's Kansas State based on the back of losing Skylar Thompson I think the only chance you've got is Iowa State they need to run the table do so convincingly and win the Big 12 with their only loss being admittedly not a great one but an out-of-conference on the very first game of the year, they may have the rap sheet to be able to do it. But everybody else, I, I don't see where it's coming from because of the various uh, different aspects and, and, and influences that are going to say that the SEC are going to beat up on each other. The ACC aren't good enough. And the Big 12 and Pac-12 won't be either. So, okay, no, yeah, I don't I think that's happening. That's fair. I understand where you're coming from. I, I honestly think that Oregon are a sneaky shot. Just I think they're going to win every game. I think they're a good team this year. They're going to win every game. It'll be interesting to see how much the opt-outs hurt them. I know they lost a, a number there, so it, it might not be the same team. They might come out and be garbage, but I think they're going to have a shot to win all seven, and if they do that, they're going to be in the conversation. I also like the package of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Minnesota. Just like as a package to win, to potentially win the Big Ten. And, and but you're be... going to have to beat Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, I mean, cool. It's, it's a crazy ass year. Our highest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know oh. what they're going to be. They're, they're not. And, yeah, they're not and, and it, yeah. I mean, at, at this stage, it. Well, according to the SP Plus, the second best team in the nation is Ohio State. So they're ahead of Alabama, ahead of Georgia. So that's an interesting kind of take there. But yeah, I mean, I can, I, I just don't see it this year. No, I don't think you're fair dinkum with that one. So my last one is Bama and Clemson have made college football boring. They've won seven of the last 11. The only others were real flash in the pan type operations. LSU were the best season of college football possibly ever. Uh, you know, they will probably go down and challenge the 2001 Miami Hurricanes as the best team in college football history. You've got Ohio State who have been competitive but a step behind. Auburn flash in the pan with Cam Newton and Florida State, I guess, had two flashes with Jameis Winston the year they won the national championship and then the following year where he had that crazy fumble against Oregon and then they went and lost to can't remember somebody uh, maybe Ohio State in that championship game um, but that was pretty much it like they're the four teams and they are either generational quarterbacks generational teams or a bit of luck or a combination of all of those three so as a result Bama and Clemson have made college football uninspiring and boring Look, boring's a bit much. I, I will agree with you. They have certainly taken some of the shine off of it with their dominance. Like, they are really at the top and miles ahead in terms of the dynasties that they've created. And it is kind of starting to take away from some of the storylines that we like about college football and the, the underdogs being able to make it just because it's not happening. We're not seeing it come through. Like these, these teams are so dominant that even when everything goes right for a program like Iowa State or TCU or whoever it is, um, they're either not getting a shot at it or realistically they're not going to be good enough even if they did. Like it, It's because of the dominance of those two programs. So I'm, I'm not saying it's boring. All we have to do is look back to last week's college football and – the craziness and enjoyment we, that we still get week in, week out. Like at a, at a micro level, college football is still awesome and a really enjoyable spectacle. If you do take that, that step back and look at the macro, yeah, there, there are certainly uh, arguments to be made that the way these guys are dominating is having a negative impact on the overall product that is college football. And this is why the college football playoff should not be the most prized outcome in college football. We don't need to go down that road again. Uh, we don't need to, to do that. But I actually still think that, you know, there's an opportunity for teams to feel successful, have success outside of being those number one and two teams, which they can never be. So, anyway. But they do. I mean, I, I, I don't want to get into this just as much as you don't, but that's what Oklahoma State play for. They play for a Big 12. They're, they're not full. Yeah, but no one really to... cares. But no one really cares. Well, everyone at Oklahoma State does. Like, everyone in Stillwater, cool. everyone in Enjoy your waving wheat. Yeah, but they will. That's what you do it for. That's what you as a fan does. It for. Like, that's what you within the program. So, like, I, I don't understand what you're getting at there because <laughs> that's what they're shooting for. All right, let's move on. We've got some game previews to get to, so this shouldn't take too long, I don't think, but let's get into it. Um, a less punchy week this week. The only 
with only one headliner, which I've mentioned later in the day. I certainly don't have great strong opinions on a lot of these games this week. I, I hope you will. Um, and something will come up. We know that uh, from all of our experience in this year, which is pretty limited, but there will be some good ones. I'm hesitant to say which ones will be the ones to watch because we keep getting those horribly wrong. And this week, I am looking for the Chaos Game Wheel. So I want you for, to pick for me, because there's not a lot of special stuff on, which one's going to be the Chaos Game that you want to nominate where someone gets upset really horribly and it has to be someone with a, with a higher ranking that's going to be relevant on a national level. Maybe it puts them out of a conference race. Maybe it puts them out of the national championship race. Um, so, you know, it has to have those national implications. So you need to pick your chaos game for me this week because that's what we're about here. We okay. don't chaos. You start breaching, like getting into my... Uh bold prediction territory with that but i can certainly double up on content and, and cross across the two of them okay. um but i can do that i think just to, to kick things off here what i do want to point out is that there are some really good games early in the week like the, yeah. we talk about the slate uh on sunday morning here saturday over in the states being somewhat disappointing and one you can probably you know not wake up early Skip for and keep out of Exactly right. Uh, head away for the weekend with the family. But the Wednesday night games are Thursday morning here. We see Coastal Carolina and Louisiana, Louisiana. go head-to-head. Both teams undefeated at the moment. Both playing a really interesting brand of football. That's that's a ripper. That's enough to pull a sickie for tomorrow morning, I would say. Ouch, yeah. Uh, yep. And then also you have uh, BYU and Houston, both that undefeated. That one does look juicy. Both yep. undefeated. I mean, Houston... Well, Houston's played one game, so let's calm down on that. Haven't lost. <laughs> yeah. BYU looked the goods, although they had a tougher outing against UTSA last week. So um, Houston will come into the game fresh, at least. So I'm saying get your fix on those football games leading into the weekend and then maybe, uh, yeah, phone it in. <laughs> okay. All right, let's start in the Big 12 uh, because there's absolutely fuck all going on. We're going to go in a bit of chronological order here this week. So with only one game, it's not hard to get this right. But I will state quickly, Oklahoma State were going to head to Baylor. And I had some cracking notes on this one. It got postponed because Baylor's got some stuff going on with COVID. But gee, I was ready to get into Oklahoma State and Baylor. The fact that Baylor had beaten them, what, six out of the last seven times. And they hadn't won in uh waco since 2009 and all this kind of stuff there was some really juicy stuff but that game's not going to go ahead so let's go with kansas heading to west virginia i've got absolutely zero on this game because i don't think it'll be a game your thoughts on the mountaineers and their big win ahead of this game yeah i don't think we need to burn too much time on this kansas uh are not a good program this is not the upset one i mean west virginia aren't going to be competing for the big 12 this year and kansas are terrible so it's it's a bit upsetting that the, this is all we get from the Big 12 this week. And I don't know, the, the Baylor-Oklahoma State game has been postponed. And it's a weird yep. postponement where they've kicked it out to what was going to be the Big 12 championship game weekend. Where they will still hold it on that weekend if neither of the teams, Baylor or Oklahoma State, are in the running to be playing in that game if they are then they're pushing out the big 12 championship game what? a week later 
I did al- not know that. It also means that if either of those team, two teams are to make it, they're going to have one less week prep than the other side that they would be coming up against. Hey, crazy years. That, that is weird. Because you're expecting that Oklahoma State will be involved. Well, or certainly yeah. be in the contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that is what it is at the moment, but that's the compressed schedule and, and that's kind yeah. of what we've got to deal with at the moment. Wow, okay. Um, and then less turnaround for a potential semi-final berth for your Cowboys. Interesting. All right, let's ju- dive into the ACC. Clemson are at Georgia Tech. Uh, wow. Uh, after a big win by Georgia Tech and stomping by Clemson. So both those teams had big wins last week. But I actually think this one might be a fraction closer than people expect. And not because I think Georgia Tech are actually any good. I just think Clemson will just put it in autopilot here and maybe win by like 28 points rather than 400 or something that they possibly could win by. Yeah, they're a bit of a clinical unit though. Like, yes, they, they are known to have that slip up, that one slip up. I can't see this it. Isn't the sli- I'm not saying this is the slip up. I'm just yeah, saying this correct. is the game that they just, they don't even bother getting out of second gear. But uh, they're just not known for that because they are like, they're so talented, so good. Even when they send in their backups at half time, like these dudes are starting at 120 other programs in the country. like I'm really nervous about their second string and third string quarterback as they might be the second best and third best quarterbacks in the ACC. So. <laughs> well, in the country. like <laughs> yeah, they're, they're both looking top 10 and it's fucking terrible. That's just, that's eyeballs. Obviously, we haven't seen them play yet. Yeah. But that second string uh, who came in was, what, 6'6", six, six, Two or something, yeah. 250 and just looked like he was chiseled from the gods. Uh, he's going to be a weapon too. We ain't seeing the end of this Clemson thing anytime soon. Yeah, okay. Um, I will spend a little bit of time on this one because I think this could be maybe entertaining or not entertaining from a neutral perspective. I wouldn't be getting up at 2.30 to watch Pitt at Miami, but I'm certainly going to get up for it. This is going to be a massive test for the Canes and... In years past, they've lost a game like this after getting smashed the week before. And the big question is, have they learned their lesson and can Manny Diaz put together a game plan to defeat Pat Narduzzi, who is a good defensive coach? They are hard to move the ball on. In fact, they've got the number one run defense in the country. Uh, In order to do that, they've got to get those penalties down. The O-line and wide receiver groups for for Miami need to bounce back after and beating both literally and figuratively last week. They got smoked. Um, I think for me, this is a game where my allegiance to Manny Diaz may maybe not live or die. I'm not going to put it all on one game, but certainly it's one of those ones where you potentially take that body blow that just really counts in terms of the overall fight left in you. And, And if the Canes come out listless, unchanged, unwavering, and... Don't come out breathing absolute fire after what happened last week. Then there hasn't been any progress, and that's a real concern for me because Pitt are a good team. The ACC gets slammed for not having good teams. Pitt have got, uh, sorry, the ACC have got good teams across the board. Not great, but good teams across the board. It's just that we're used to Clemson just wrecking house on all of them, um, and I hope the Canes don't get caught looking in the rearview mirror. Yeah, there's an. A real risk of that here. I I must alert you that this one for me is something that I would be concerned of as a Hurricanes fan 
especially coming off of the big game last week. The, the game day experience, the amount of energy that would have been exhausted going into that game and, and throughout that, the preparation, the build-up, everything was on that. And then to have it fall flat can be really demoralizing for a team. So it, it's something that they'd need to watch out for early because, as you say, Pitt are a good football team. I mean, I'd certainly have this. This isn't my prediction as the chaos game of the week, but it's certainly in the conversation there. If if it's not the one, I've got it right in and amongst it because this pit team are only a couple points away from being 5-0 and themselves. And, and that would be mm. a really good result for them with where they're at. But they showed on defense that they were really, really good. And, and that has to have... Uh, Derek King and Brett Lashley somewhat concerned, I think they're going to be able to neutralize some of his mobility and that is a huge part of what he's able to do. So with that, I think this one's going to be a lot closer than the double-digit um, line that they have at the moment for Miami. Where's it suggest. sitting at at the moment? So Miami are 10.5-point favorites and, and I think this is within a touchdown either way. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. The only other side of that is Kenny Pickett is injured. And we know that he, he's not great in terms of his accuracy. He's sort of been like a, a 60% completion percentage passer for the entirety of his existence as the starting quarterback at Pitt. So it's not like he's super accurate, but he's pretty good down the field. And they've got some receivers that can do some work. And you know they're going to go one-on-one on the outside and they're going to stack the box and make that running game really, really tough for the Canes. And that's what they want to get going. Um, so this is going to be an interesting matchup. And, and, and can the Canes win on the outside? Because they didn't last week. They are embarrassed. In fact, only five completions to wide receivers for an entire game of football. If they churn that out again uh, against Pitt, they are going to get creamed again so hopefully the canes can can respond and if they do then i believe like miami uh manny diaz could be the guy to take them forward but this would be a real body blow if they can't get up for this one and and i think his that would need a real real hard long look in the mirror anyway let us move on louisville visit notre dame in the uh in the preseason this one shaped up as a pretty good game but not so much now we haven't spoken much about the irish as yet Ian Book is starting to look to attack vertically down the field, and we were very critical of that last season. He didn't do it at all. He is pushing the ball down the field despite his lack of receivers or you know, his loss of receivers, I suppose, from last year. But the backfield duo of Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree has been unstoppable um, and a defense that is... Oh, gee, they are they are terrible. In fact, that Louisville defense would have trouble stopping an infant at like an enthusiastic crawling pace. Like they are horrible stopping the run, and there's no way Notre Dame lose this one. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Uh, Notre Dame are currently number four in the nation, and I have absolutely no faith in that ranking. Like from Neither what we've, do I. Yeah, from what we've seen from them, there hasn't been anything put out on the field to justify that. I'm not saying that they don't earn it, like that they don't deserve it, but I'm not saying that they do. Like We just don't know yet. We I, haven't I, I, been I, able to I, see it. And I think that's a bit of a lack of the Big Ten being around as well, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right there. The, the disappointing thing, as you kind of alluded to, is this game isn't going to help us figure that out either. 
they, they could roll into it. They could win by three touchdowns. They could win by four touchdowns. They could win by two. Like, we're really not going to fucking know at the end of it. Maybe they come out and smack the living daylights out of them. We go, oh, actually, look out. This Notre Dame team is starting starting to click, starting to be a little bit more. Yeah, but then we'll say that Louisville is just not that good, so the They're wind's terrible. not that good anyway. Yeah, uh, you're right. So, for, like, for mine, I'm, I'm bullish on the Notre Dame team, but I still haven't seen it and not going to see it. Yeah. Um, and like I said uh, in the recap episode, I think Louisville looking down the gun of what, 0-4 in conference or 0-5 in conference? Uh, 0-4, that's not a great start. Uh, NC State host Duke. Devin Leary is going to have to have a much better game this week for the Wolfpack. They need to capitalize on turnovers. And if we know anything about this Duke football team is that they will give the ball up. They're averaging two fumbles and one interception per game. That's three turnovers. I know two plus one is three. Uh, If you can force turnovers, which you will against this team, they're going to put the ball on the carpet can you capitalize? And, and that's what they did. NC State did last week, and they're going to have to do it again this week. Um, despite the fact that Duke probably have actually got better numbers, except for that win-loss column. So uh, I'm expecting NC State to win this one. But if Duke can hold on to the goddamn ball, they're actually not that bad. Yeah, I mean, two somewhat similar teams in, in my mind in the ACC, both... Both respectable, both going to be a, a tough out, both with uh, well-respected coaches who, who've done a good job in their times at, at the respective programs. So it's it's hard to kind of lean one way or the other in this one. I, I do like what NC State have shown the last couple of weeks. So I, I would, I'm certainly more leaning that way, but no, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if Duke come out. Uh, and put on uh, an impressive effort and get over the top in this one. I think it's it's two similar sides running around together, um, but my money in this one would be with NC State. I feel like we can say that about a lot of the ACC schools. Like we look at Pitt, Miami, Louisville, Notre yeah, Dame, I don't, I don't know. NC State, Duke. And then Miami, like... Miami, a good wild card in there because they don't necessarily do what you're expecting them to do. Yeah, like they're um, going to yeah, be really true. good or they're going to be really... They're not in that fucking middle range yeah. there. But but then you move on to Virginia heading to Winston-Salem to play Wake Forest and you've got like another... Te- and then you go, oh, BC, go to Virginia Tech and North Carolina head to Florida State and you're like, wow, we've just got a whole bunch of teams that really are in the middle. I know you could say that maybe North Carolina have got their head poked out further and based on their ranking, you would suggest that that's the case. And also Miami and Florida State probably a step back. But the rest of those teams, man, they're, they're all pretty competitive and they're all very uninspiring from a non-fan of those teams. Like I don't think anyone's waking up to watch ACC football at this stage, which is a little bit disappointing, I suppose. Yep. Uh, anything to add on the North Carolina, Florida State, or BC Virginia Tech? Now the North Car- Carolina, Florida State game, I'm going to say is my chaos game of the week, Just which the world burn. <laughs> it yeah. is. A little bit uh, like this is just bad form on my part. At, at some stage, I've got to give up the bone and give North Carolina respect. But it's not going to be this week. I'm not backing off of that. I'm going to say Florida State, who've been pretty fucking terrible, finally turn their shit around and that and that they make this one an interesting one. I think they started well against Notre Dame last week, uh, and it comes back to the like when 
when they've got scripted plays running, that they've actually looked all right. It's, it's when it falls away from that that they've been disappointing. But I think this is taking time for them. And I think we're going to start to see some things move forward. We know they've got dudes there. They've got players, as do North Carolina. But I just think this is one in Tallahassee, uh, big big primetime game on the ABC network over there. Um, I would not be shocked, not nearly as shocked as I should be, and most people around <laughs> The, the world would be when Florida State run this close and, and even get over the top of North Carolina. Yeah, I, I nearly picked this one as well, and I'm just it shows me so how shows me so how far off North Carolina I really am, and and I agree. I you know Florida State's O line, yeah, they they're terrible, but they've got a little bit out of John Travis at the at the quarterback position. You know they've got Tamarian Terry who's gonna make plays week in week out. It's can they. Can they hold up that North Carolina offense enough and, and make life really difficult? And and I think they will. I mean, North Carolina have been fractionally uninspiring. Yeah, they beat up a Virginia Tech team that was completely hampered by COVID situation. But having said that, they went out and won it. So you had to do that, and they did. So good on them. Um, they went real close against BC, which I don't think Boston College are a great team this year. So there's there's a lot left to be proven for North Carolina, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if Florida State do start, you know, connecting some of the dots here, and they can start putting together some more consistent, maybe not a four quarter performance, but maybe a three quarter performance, and a three quarter performance would be enough with their talent to run North Carolina pretty close. Yep, for sure. All right, let's move into the SEC. Uh, in the early slate, we've got number 15, Auburn at South Carolina. Here are two teams that I have not enjoyed after over the last three seasons, and they are playing each other. But I am taking the Gamecocks here because I think we know what this Auburn team is. Like They're going to get work defensively to the tune of whatever they're averaging. Uh, what have we got? 421 yards per game they're giving up. Um, admittedly, they're not giving up the scores to match that yardage, which is a really critical part for that defense. But they're certainly not a defensive power by any means. And you know how I feel about fucking James and his He's just nowhere, and I think the offense is really, really going to struggle again um, against Will Muschamp, who knows how to run a defense. So... I don't fully know what this South Carolina team is yet in the same way that we don't fully know what Notre Dame is and we don't fully know what North Carolina is. I don't fully know what South Carolina is, but I'll take Kevin Harris and the Gamecocks offense over anything that the Tigers are going to trot out there. You know what, mate? I actually agree with everything that you said there. I'm, I'm fully on board with this. I, I've tried to get behind Auburn, but it's, it's just not clicking. It, it's not working. Uh, Bo Nix t- has, has not taken a step forward in his development from freshman to sophomore year. We have not seen him control this Gus Malzahn offense that's supposed to be so prolific and, and so awesome to watch. It just hasn't been. It's been awful. They should have lost that game to Arkansas. South Carolina on the flip side. I haven't invested a lot of time in this squad, but reading up, it looks that Colin Hill has come in is playing quarterback up there, and he's doing yeah. he's doing good things. They've been quite impressed with with 
how he's looking and what he's showing there. So don't be shocked that the storyline in this one is more around lesser known or unknown Colin Hill as quarterback as opposed to, to the well-known Bo Nix. I, I think that there could potentially be a duel between these two and it'll be the lesser known player that, that gets out on top. And I'm with you. I, I just think South Carolina are in a good spot to, to win this game. And it's not through any great love of what they're doing at the moment, but it's mm. more that I just don't really feel that Auburn are traveling in a great direction. I just don't know how they're the number 15 ranked team in the country. Like I just don't fully understand that. Uh, but, you know, I guess that'll all come out, and particularly as they start losing to some of these teams. You put Auburn and Pitt on the field together at the moment, neutral field. Who's winning that one? Well, I would take Pitt's defense. I mean, Pitt's defense is the best thing about that game, and both offenses are somewhat stagnant, but I feel like Pitt might be able to squeeze out 21 points. I don't know that Auburn's doing that against a Pitt defense. Like, I'm with you. And what, Auburn are ranked 15, Pitt not even receiving votes? Yeah. So it it just kind of speaks to some of the the craziness that we have in the polls here and and where things are at. All right, moving on. Kentucky head to Tennessee. And to me, this is the most interesting matchup in the SEC this week outside of the big... The big, big one. Uh, But this one could be interesting. I think you've got a matchup where Terry Wilson uh, will lead an effective running game, and they go up against a defense that's allowing 136 yards on uh, on the ground per game. Now, that doesn't sound like small numbers, and it's certainly not on a national scale, but it's also significant because Kentucky have been blowing it up for over 200 yards per game on in their running game and i think this is the matchup where it's won and lost if kentucky can control the clock run the ball reduce the number of possessions and force jarrett guarantano into winning the ball game again we said this last week is that if you can force it into his uh, uh into his hand and on his shoulder when they don't necessarily want to then there's a bit of an issue now he played okay early last week but as the game wore on he just ran out of steam we know Kentucky have got a good defense. They do that year in, year out. Tennessee got the win last year, 17-13. They'll look to win another tight tussle and keep this streak alive. But I think this one's going to be another closely fought contest. And, and we'll see which, I think, running game can come out on top, which defense can hold sway. Whoever does that, I think, is going to win. Yeah, I am... I'm less of the opinion that this one's going to be a tight game. I really like Tennessee in this one. I, I oh, think wow. that I, I, like I think that they are the much better side. I think that the fact that this is being played in Knoxville, Tennessee, really uh, leads me to seeing that this is going to be a comfortable Tennessee victory. I mean, they've they've had the wood over Kentucky. Um, they've been favourite in most games that they've kind of had or or covered. I think the the stat I saw was eleven uh, of the last thirteen against Kentucky. They've uh, been able to get against the spread, so that they're getting the better end of this matchup more often than not. And going into this, like if you take last week aside, which you can't do, but if you do, Tennessee were a team that had a whole heap of momentum at last year, but were looking good at the start of this year, even up to half time in last week's game. They were up, they were looking great. That offensive line is strong. And then it all got 
just torn apart by Georgia's defense. And they're going to do that to teams this year because they are a next-level unit. Like, they are really up... They're the best defense in college football. So I think to kind of judge these guys on the back of that is probably a bit harsh, and I expect Tennessee to be able to turn around off of that and really come into this one at home uh, and put a bit of a beat down on Kentucky, who I like. Like, I, I like this Kentucky side. I, I think it's just more that Tennessee are a good team that will be showing out this week. Look at you getting on the Vols. That's impressive. Well hmm. done. All right, Old Miss head to Arkansas. I think we learn a lot about both of these teams in this one. Are Arkansas actually competitive after their two-point loss and possibly should have been win to Auburn last week? And are Ole Miss working towards that situation where they're consistently good after playing a pretty big game last week and then, you know, and, and holding tight for, what, you know, 50 minutes? They did everything they could and then just ran out of steam towards the end. But you've got to then go and back that up and beat Arkansas. Are they going to be consistently good or will Arkansas take the chocolates here and maybe be considered not the whipping boy of the SEC West anymore? No, I, I really like Ole Miss in this one. I think they continue to put up points. I think they continue to concede some, but it's not going to be as many that they have because Arkansas's offense isn't as powerful as the teams that they've been conceding against. I, I would argue that the teams they've been going up against defensively would probably be stronger than Arkansas's, or at least on par, where offensively is where they've kind of dropped games. They've been putting up big numbers and then just not being able to hang. But against this Arkansas team, they're going to get more stops on that defensive side. I don't think they're going to be held up as much. I think that Lane Kiffin has done an excellent job in a short amount of time, and he's been able to put his offensive mind to work, and and it's really clicking with Matt Corral there, and I expect that to continue on this week. I think they're going to have a, a resounding result in this one which w- will be good for them and building not so good for Arkansas obviously especially after the letdown of of being screwed out of a victory in the mm. last game but for mine this one is is very much Ole Miss uh and and points them them going large so they're they're only slight favorites I think uh, it opened up at less than a field goal favorite I would be uh running with that one for sure okay uh, all right, we will push on to Starkville, Mississippi, as they, the Bulldogs host Texas A&M. Some men just want to watch the world burn. This is my chaos game of the week. I'm picking the upset here. Uh, Texas A&M go into this one favorite, and only because we've seen this sort of stuff from Mike Leach before. They go out and blow LSU out of the water. They then don't score a offensive touchdown or any touchdown actually the following week against uh kentucky but you've also got a&m on the back of a big win against florida they've got a bye week looking forward they're set for a bit of a letdown spot after a big emotional win against the gators i'm picking mississippi state in this one and and mainly because i think last week was the best version of texas a&m that i've seen and we know Kellen Mond has a history of being indecisive and erratic in the pocket. Mississippi State's defense will provide a much bigger challenge this week than what the Gators did last week. And providing they can get in the end zone, it wouldn't surprise me if Mississippi State get that offense going again. We don't know when it's going to happen, but they're going to have another game where they put up 500 yards passing. 
this could, to me could be the week. Look, you are becoming a very strategic man, my friend. Uh, I, looking looking at how you've gone about your championship draft and building that, I've been impressed. A lot of <laughs> lot of good strategy has gone into that. And now I can see you applying an excellent strategy where you're going to go into these chaos games and just pick Mississippi State. That's a fucking great <laughs> idea. They're up, they're favourites, then they're going to fucking lose. They're underdogs, then they're going to, like, that, that's the air raid. That's Mike Leach. That's what you're going to get. So this is very strategic on your part. I'm, I'm a big fan of that, and I, I, don't, I don't hate the call because I... You could be right. I, I don't expect to see it. I, I just don't. I think Texas A&M uh, finally showed what they can deliver, and I think they continue on from that. I think they get uh, a whole heap of confidence out of that and look to do and, and build on what they were doing well, and, and that's run the football. They were able to get Isaiah Spiller going. I think from what mm. I've seen in the SEC, he's leading a number of key categories around – uh, yards after contact, uh, missed tackles, all of that sort of stuff. They recognize that if they get the ball in this dude's hand, good things happen. And and it gets a little bit of balance. It, it takes it out of Kellen Mond's hands to have to carry everything and do everything. So if they can do that, if their offensive line can show out again, then I think this Mississippi State team could be in for a rough one. Whenever your coach comes out and says, I, I need to clear the malcontent from the group, it's it's not a good look. Like, that's a real, we've got issues. And, like, I don't hate it from the coach. Like, he's he, he is has come in to lead this program. He's seeing things that are not in line with his expectations of how he wants the program to run. And he, he's not skirting around it. He's making bold statements and, and setting a precedent to ultimately enact change amongst that group, which I'm fond of, but whenever that happens, it's going to ruffle some feathers and you're going to have some negative results as a result of it. Yeah, I just think they've had their two negative results and let's see them do what they did to USC when they just rolled into the Coliseum and beat them or whatever. Um, we've seen this happen before, so I, I'm uh, that's my... That's my Take. Okay, we've saved the best till last, so let's get to it. Number three, Georgia. Take on number two, Alabama. Um, I'll throw to you very quickly, but the only thing that I want to say before I do that is I've seen this script before, and there's a lot of correlation between Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, and they do the same sorts of things, and that is when their team does something a little bit wrong, they sort it out straight away, and they don't make the same mistake twice. Alabama, we've heard it this week. They don't play defense all of a sudden. They're a bit of a rabble, rah, 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 whatever it is. Watch them come out and put an absolute stranglehold on this Georgia offense and make life incredibly difficult for Stetson Bennett, for Zamir White, for everybody because Nick Saban takes defense very seriously. Uh, I'm expecting the screws to be 120% tightened on this one, Will. Yeah, look, I... We've had a wealth of history uh, in in what Nick Saban's been able to do for that statement to be like perfectly fair and understandable. But for some reason, with me, it doesn't feel quite right this year. Like we we have seen some change in the SEC where 
defensively, they have been not just like a little bit off the pace. It has been fucking like well back. There has been a monumental shift towards the, the offensive side of the game all across the SEC. And to go into this one and for whatever reason, all of us think that, you know, Nick Saban is the Hall of Fame all-timer coach that he is. He's got some magic dust that he can sprinkle and all of a sudden it'll, it's all going to get better. I, I just can't see it happening this week. Like, it, it, for mine, it, it's just not something that is that easy from what we've seen to be able to turn around in such a quick time against a, not an offensive juggernaut, but a very competent offensive team in Georgia. I, 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 I struggle to see them from completely tightening this one up uh and i think all georgia need to score is 24 points plus to to win this game on the back of their defense uh and if if they're able to like if you're talking about really ratcheting it up against this georgia side then i'd be expecting them to keep them under that you, yeah, I mean, you're saying ratcheting it up, but like we've still got a situation where Mac Jones is starting quarterback for Alabama. Like that, that's 24 points. No, like he's thrown for over a thousand yards, eight touchdowns already. Najee Harris went for over 200 yards and five touchdowns. I know that's not the Georgia defense, but if you're saying if you're ignoring defense, uh, sorry, offense, and saying offense isn't great, well, cool. Let's then, if you're not going to compare, yeah, Georgia's defense is better, awesome, but let's compare the two offenses then. Who's going to be able to get the most points out of this situation? Definitely Alabama. Their offense is far more prolific than, um, than Georgia's. And, and if I'm going to take one matchup, yeah, Georgia's defense is the best thing about this game. I don't think anyone's arguing that. But Alabama's offense is going to be really, really good. Uh, and we know that George is going to have to do more than score 24 points because uh, I believe that Alabama are going to put on more points than that um, because it's not a defensive year. Even the best defense in the country, uh, whilst they're giving up 38 yards on the ground, you know, they haven't seen this Alabama offense before. I, I just, you, you can't, you can't make arguments one way and then not look at it the other. And whilst George's, like, whilst uh, it's a Georgia's offense, like you, you can't then go and ignore Alabama's offense either. I'm with you. Like I, I, I am not. That, that's looking at one side of the ball and, and what we can expect from mm-hmm. Alabama's defense. On the flip side, you're you're bang on. Like it, it, it's roles reversed, whereby we have uh, a, a really really subpar uh, or excellent, sorry. Um, offense or and, and defense like we're, we're kind of going head to head so one yeah, side yeah. is is two subpar units and, and the other side is is two excellent ones so but it's kind of strength on strength weakness on weakness which which yeah. really is is what makes this matchup super intriguing and and, and super fun to, to see how that plays out and to, and to see who the difference maker can be but we like, know that the offenses have come out on top this year which leans into alabama you would think yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that that's a perfectly fair statement. I, I, I can understand that, and, that, and that's the strategic man in you coming out there. But uh, the, the, this Georgia defense, as, as we've said, their ability to stop the run, which I think 
uh, yeah. Alabama have leaned on is, is going to be a real difference maker. Like, I, I don't want to respect Mac Jones because I feel like I come on here, uh, sorry, disrespect, because I come on here every week trying to talk him up and, and he deserves <laughs> yeah. it. Like, he, everyone thinks he's no good. But to have Najee Harris, who is the weapon that he is, like a top three running back in the country, uh, doing a lot of the work certainly makes his job easier and and he's not gonna be able to do that like a more of it is gonna fall on mac jones to cut this one apart and and perhaps he can i i think he can be a difference maker in this i'm taking him over stetson bennett every day of the week so you know and i'm taking and i'm taking those alabama wide receivers as well whilst i like pickens at georgia i think like you know you compare that to devonta smith who's fantastic jalen waddle who's fantastic um, John Mechie the and, third and then whoever that dude is but he's really good I think the one person uh, there's not one person and this is a thing like going back and looking at the tape when you look at George's defense they're so sound there's no stat monsters on that team there's nobody who's just tearing it open the own they kind of share the love a little bit the, the one big name probably who's doing a fair bit of work from his linebacker position is um, Aziz Ojulari I mean he's got three forced fumbles three sacks five tackles for a loss so far this year i mean like that's a pretty good start to the year and bama's o-line is gonna have to keep him in check uh but i still think alabama they're not like they had that down game and we know nick saban teams don't put those down games together consecutively and he'll have them ready to go i don't know why i feel i feel so confident in alabama at this stage Nick Saban takes his defense, like I said, very seriously. He's a good coach. The team's well-coached, and good, well-coached teams bounce back effectively always, particularly on the places where they've been slammed during the week. So I'm taking the tide in this one. The scoreline might not be a blowout, but it'll be like an NFL-type game where seven points can feel kind of one-sided at times, and I'm, I'm taking the tide in this one. Okay, I like naturally. I just want to fade you. I want to go Georgia, but that's because, like, I, I want to sit on the fence of this one. I, I purely don't. I don't. I don't want to pick a side and then have a rooting interest. I, I just want to go into this one neutral and just kind of enjoy it. Exactly right. S- I don't back. have a rooting interest. If anything, I want Georgia to win. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I mean, if if I had to pick one, I'm probably with you on Alabama. It's it's being played in Alabama, right? Uh, yeah, in Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. So for for mine, that tips the the game towards uh, the Crimson Tide. But I, I think this is a great matchup, deserved of number two and three in the nation at the moment. I, I think that's where they both rightfully sit. I don't think there's too much of a question mark around that outside of potentially Ohio State when we see what they do. But these are you know, two top three teams that we're going to get to see play it out. Awesome. And I mean, all eyes will be on. So uh, enjoy it. En- enjoy it and enjoy it. Sit there, watch the game. Don't take it, you know, just, well, actually take it all in, but, you know, don't get too invested. Just experience, enjoy. Uh, other games we mentioned, BYU-Houston. UCF at Memphis, which probably historically would have been a good game. Memphis seemed a little bit down. I'm batting for USC here. Uh, not USC. UCF as I have them in my championship draft. So I'm going for them. And since here, Tulsa, the well beaters that are the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Um, you know, since you've got a tough out against them, and I know you'll be rooting for the Bearcats. 
uh well you'd think that but i like if i had a backup chaos game i'd have it on tulsa here <laughs> okay golden, that golden hurricane are a dangerous unit and uh, I'd, I'd be on real upset alert if i was uh the bearcats okay interesting interesting all right let's get to our championship draft so talk us through the whole situation where we're sitting etc etc all right we're gonna have to fly here because we have been dragging ass a little bit through yeah we're gonna get through this there. quick remember we're yeah gonna get I, know, through this. I know so uh for my team at the moment i have uh cincinnati notre dame app state virginia tech ou and usc so of those, uh, I've only got Notre Dame and Cincinnati that are ranked. Uh, oh, sorry, that are ranked and kind of any real good. Then I've got Virginia <laughs> Tech and USC who are kind of a bit low. You have Clemson and Ohio State, which is you know really solid with with their, where they're at at the moment. You then also have Georgia Tech, Baylor, and UCF, who are not doing a lot for you. But, you know, as you said, UCF are floating around. Uh, currently, if we add our dollar values up, you are, I th- believe, $1 clear of me. Is that all? Yes. So I have, I have a, a total of $44 worth of players in my team or, or teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have 45 So you've got Have I got money in the 20. bank, though? You've got $2 in the bank and I have nothing. So Okay. So if I spent $2 today, I'd be, you know. Anyway, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take the Marshall Thundering Herd straight off the bat. Uh, I think they are tracking okay at the moment. They've had some really good wins, controlling games on the ground. They get a tough matchup this week uh, against uh, Louisiana Tech, who are 3-1. and one. They also go on the road. So... They're the next best team. If they were ranked, they'd be ranked 26. So if they get the win this week, I believe that they will jump up and into the top 25 and be able to you know, make me a little bit of coin, hopefully. Yes. No, that's clever. I like that. Uh, all right. I'm going to sell a team. Whoa. I'm, uh, He's out I, in North I've, I've got no. I've got no money. Uh, so... Yeah. Cincinnati. I'm. I'm not fucking Whoa. talking. I'm not talking shit when I say Tulsa are a watch out game. I've got very yeah. little. I've got very little to make on this Cincinnati team. Like they can continue winning, and I don't yeah. see them bumping up from the eight spot that they are. I've only yep, yep. got loss. Like th- there's just risk. I'm looking at my portfolio here, and they are just risk heavy. So mm-hmm. when when you see that on your books, you you need to cut it. So I'm going to cut them. Uh, so make myself $18, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a profit of $12 on them, which I really need because I've been sh- just shedding cash elsewhere. Um, but that that's what I will do for my sale, sell. And then with my profit, got to spend it. Never been one who's been able to save very well. Uh, burns a hole in the pocket. I'm, I'm so going to spend can, a couple of bucks. I can pick you anything. Well, because you've only got... Well, that's the only, that's all the money you've got. That's I've got eighteen dollars. So correct. That's it. Okay. Correct. Anyone yep. lower than them, I can grab. I'm going to grab Minnesota. Oh, I was thinking about pulling the trigger on them. Yeah, look, I'm I'm going for them for two bucks at this stage. Uh, you get obviously they're not playing this week, so they can bump up potentially if if teams lose in front of them. I doubt that they will slide down. Uh, and week one they start with Michigan uh, at mm-hmm. home. And I like them in that spot. 
I like them in that spot, and it's a bit of a risk there. But let's say they win that. Then they play Maryland, Illinois, Iowa, and Purdue before going on the road to Wisconsin. You can have a good run there of a team that could potentially vault themselves you know, somewhere into the top 10. That's the sort of team that I'm looking forward to bring into my stable here. So I'm going to spend two bucks there. Now I've got 16 bucks in the bank. And uh, that's where we're at. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not like anything crazy is happening in college football so far this year. So, obviously, once they get past Michigan, all those teams are just a cakewalk, <laughs> obviously. So, yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Exactly. I need to get some more, I need to get some more money up in these ranked matchups. So, I might just, whatever happens at the end of the year, I'm just going to spend one, two, three, four dollars just to, just to get that money in there. And anyway, we'll see how we go. All right, that is our championship draft. It is bold prediction time still don't have a sound for this do i i don't believe you do Matt. i gotta sort that out um okay i'll let you kick us off what are you going with in terms okay. of the bold prediction so, so mine i think the COVID is going to ruin mine and that was why i kind of had the florida state one as a, a secondary backup but uh mine is that the sun will rise and set in the east this week <laughs> We are going to have the SEC East dominate over the SEC West. With that, I'm expecting Georgia to beat Bama, which I kind of might not have said earlier that that wasn't going to happen, but Georgia to beat Bama. <laughs> it's a bold prediction. It should go against what you actually think is happening, so that's good. Georgia to beat Bama, Florida to beat LSU, and South Carolina to beat Auburn. Oh, is that that bold? Uh, you, Who's you, going in favourites there? Like, so Auburn a favourite, Bama almost a touchdown favourite, and I couldn't mm. get a marker on the Florida LSU game. Fl- Florida are favourite, but I'd be looking at getting seven, eight bucks on if you multied that together. No, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, well, that's probably fair enough. Okay, I'm going to. I was I was searching, I was looking, I wanted to keep on this theme of predicting kind of obscure things that I think, but I think that have a genuine chance of happening, and this is a little bit obscure, but. It's really only centered around the one true massive matchup of the week, and that is the Georgia-Alabama game. And I'm going to say that SEC defenses are still not what they used to be, and both teams give up 150 yards on the ground. So you're essentially saying that Alabama's going to run for 150, because I probably expect it to happen the other way, but the, the big... <laughs> well, the big do sh- you, though? Yeah, absolutely. The, the big mean, shot hasn't been that good. Alabama's Yeah, but they've got a stable big. of them. Georgia love to run the football. They'll, they'll like, just true. Keep, they'll run the ball 150 times. They can average one yard a carry, and they'll still fucking get there. <laughs> but, like, the, the, the other one would be the surprising one. What did you say they're giving up? 28 yards a game or something? 38. 38. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that's not sustainable against this Alabama team, but if they can break loose for 150, that would be a surprise. So let's, yeah, let's see how I'm, that I'm going to say both teams won't get there now. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going with both teams 150 yards rushing the ball. All right, it is time for Will's maybe second favourite segment. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. All right, we are not coming in with a whole heap of money behind us this week, unfortunately. On, on surprise, the back, surprise. On the back of a, another somewhat disappointing performance last week where I dropped my load again on the favourite. <laughs> careful with that. I will not be careful. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm very deliberate in what I say here. Uh, <laughs> very disappointingly lost uh, all of on my, my sure bet, but managed to pick my upset. So if there is a pick that you are to follow and one to fade, then it's quite it's becoming quite clear what you should do there. But uh, you might not like this. The more we were talking about it, I didn't like this. But uh, Syracuse, I'm 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 backing them. What they they just lost their starting quarterback for the and year and their and their best player. Andre Cisco, both out for the year, not playing. But they are playing Liberty. <laughs> Liberty haven't lost it yet this year, but they're playing Liberty in the Carrier Dome, and yeah. they're an underdog. I'm taking. I'm putting two units on Syracuse to win that game. They'll they'll beat Liberty. Fuck. Syracuse Hugh is a good coach. I mean, he is. I, I I do rate him as a coach, but Dino Babers knows what he's doing. That that uh, carrier oh, I don't dome like has, that has at all. Been... I don't like that at all. Eject, eject. Back that in two units, so you get two dollars thirty-five there. So I expect to uh, load up on that, and then my sure thing this week. So you can almost <laughs> guarantee that it's not going to come in. Is that Tennessee will knock oh, over God. the University of Kentucky? So we're putting five units at a dollar forty-six there for that one to come in, mate. That is well. Congratulations, Wildcat fans! You've just chalked up a win against a very good Tennessee team. So well done. How is that a sure thing? Jesus! I told you it's Tennessee playing at home. They've been really good. They're better than Kentucky. They'll win this one. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our week seven preview. We'll, you and I possibly can't have any more thoughts on this. The only other thing I will add is that this is the last weekend without Big Ten football. They will be joining us in just oh, 10 days' time for as they you know rejoin the race for the college football playoff, which we are all looking forward to. Although I've enjoyed the slow pace of only three conferences, three Power Five conferences at least. Uh, and of course, the Mountain West is, and the MAC are not too far away either. If you do, please join us on Sunday mornings, Saturdays in the States. We are at CFB Down Under on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook as well. So please hit us up there, hit subscribe, leave us a five star review as always. And. On behalf of that guy over there, for myself, thank you very much for joining us. My name's Aaron, that is Will, and we will see you next time. Dude, Syracuse, really? Ain't gonna happen.